0: Welcome to the Business Leadership Series, where we engage with leaders who are making an impact on their worlds and who want to share their knowledge and experience for your personal and professional growth. The following interview is designed to inspire you to become the best leader you can be. Your host, Derek Champagne, is the founder and CEO of The Artist Evolution, a full service agency building successful brands, marketing tools, and campaigns, and also the author of the best-selling book, Don't Buy a Duck.
1: And now, let's begin today's Leadership Series interview. Welcome to the Business Leadership Series. I'm excited today. Our guest, Jackie Ryan, he is uh, A.K. Blackjack, right? Born in Brooklyn, New York, a baseball entertainer, motivational speaker, member of the world-famous Harlem Wizards for over 24 years. He's performed all over the world. He's got some really cool credits here. Uh, inducted into his uh, into the uh, high school hall of fame there, at John Jay High School, which is very cool. That, that would be awesome to have. Uh, he's a, a considered one of the greatest playground ballers of all time. Uh, Complex.com, Slam Magazine, some of the greatest street baller players of all time. Uh, I've heard him described as a white Michael Jordan. Uh, and then also three times Guinness record holder. ESPN's national three-point champion, uh, shooting champion, uh, Netflix Losers, great episode, uh, episode seven, Blackjack, uh, TEDx Talk, which I watched as well, Basketball Saved My Life, and then October 30th, 2020, a feature film, Blackjack, The Jackie Ryan Story, David Arquette, Michael Rappaport, Ashley Green, Greg Finley, who plays Jack, and uh, Robert Davi. Jackie, thanks so much for spending a few minutes today.
0: Sure, thank you for having me.
1: Man, I know you've told your story so many different times, so I don't. And and, you, and it's being portrayed here on all these different movies, and especially this big one coming out uh, to uh, to actually to drive-ins and theaters on October 30th. But give me a few highlights anyway for those that don't know you. I I I knew some about you, uh, and and I, we have a few mutual friends. But when I started looking into your story, uh, man, it really got me. A story of perseverance, a story of redemption a story of things seeming like they were going to go perfect and then not, and then taking some twists and turns. Uh, my favorite kinds of stories. I, you shed a, I had a tear in my eye a few times watching it because it, I, I really connected with it in a lot of ways And as a father and as, as someone who loves sports. and Just give us a few highlights, though. Take us back and give us a few highlights of your life. We'll just take a couple minutes on that, and then I want to talk about the movie and some other highlights.
0: Okay, so growing up, I grew up in an Irish-Italian neighborhood, uh, middle class, a lot of cops, firemen, construction workers, my dad was a longshoreman, you know, hardworking people. We had a park right around the corner, East Fifth Street Park. Uh, My brother was one of the better guys in the park. I saw all the oohs and ahs, love and respect he received. So, you know, everybody wants to be like their older brother. I said, Randy, teach me how to play. So he taught me how to play. And, um, you know, I fell in love with it so much, man. Morning, Mm -hmm. noon, and night, in the rain. I used to shovel the snow and we'd play all day long. And when I was better than all my friends, He said, you're not playing with your friends anymore. You're playing with my friends. I'm like, I ain't playing with your friends. I'm going to get killed. I was 12. They were 16, right? So when I was killing all his friends, he said, we're not playing at this park anymore. We're going to to these other parks, Foster Park, these other parks. So he opened my eyes to go out and seek the better talent, the older guys, the bigger guys, so that I would get better. And when I was killing everybody in Brooklyn, I said, let me see how good I really am. Let me go down the West Sports Street. You know the cage in the village and uh you know within one game i was on and the rest is history i love my Mm -hmm. west Sports street so i grew up um i was a good basketball player but but what i was was an athlete student instead of a student athlete um i was never a bad kid i didn't get in you know i I didn't rob anybody to beat anybody up i didn't do drugs i just couldn't get out of my own way i couldn't Mm -hmm. listen to authority Wanted to do it my way, thought I'd never get caught. My father said many times, What you do is going to come back and bite you in your butt. Um, and it did. Yeah. Um, then had all these opportunities. I mean, I averaged 17 points a game in high school. And uh, I had, I'm sorry, it's not 17, 20, 26 points a game in high school. And yeah. had 17 Division One schools interested in me. One of them was St. John's. When wow. St. John's was St. John's, wow. um, there was Pitt, there was Rhode Island, there was, one of them was Ohio University. I signed a letter of intent to go play with them. Then they called me back a week and a half later, Jack, you have a 1.9 grade average. You can't come here. So they sent me to a junior college in Ohio. They said, get your grades up and you come back and play at OU next year. Well, it was the first time away from home. You know, it's looked like the cat got let out of the bag, you know, the, the, the girls, the the booze coming to practice drunk. You know, I got, I was thrown off the team by Christmas. And hmm. I came home, went to another junior college, almost the same thing. Then I, walked on at Brooklyn college. It was division one at the time. And I was gone by Christmas. So I said, you know what? Schools are not for me. Coaches are not for me. I'm just going to go back and be the King of the park. Hmm. So that's what I did. I became the King of the parks and then playing at the 14th street Y with Peter Vesey. He said, Jack, I can get you try out. I think you're better than a lot of the guys and, and you know, in the NBA. Right. And I said, no, I was like 22, 23. I was like, nah, I didn't think I was good enough. And then I was 27. Everybody, through all these leagues, yo, what are you doing? You should be playing somewhere. I went back to Pete. Hey, Pete, can you get me a tryout? And he did. And I got cut on my 28th birthday. So mm-hmm. it was – it's good for the resume. I had a good time. You know, for me, it was just like a, a good pickup game in the park. Just the guys were a little bigger.
1: Right. That was it. Well, and we'll keep talking about more of your story in just a minute. But, you know, I, I – uh talk to me a little bit about what really stood out to me was your your relationship with your father and how that was for you and how that kind of set you on a path for a while and the thing for me is being a father myself uh seeing that you're a father now and seeing the relationship you have with your daughter and how special that is to you that touched my heart i watched when i watched the uh the youtube uh story on you and and saw some of that and and it just it it, shed a tear for a minute just thinking about that relationship and how important it is um and, and how we can really screw it up as well, just the impact we yeah. have as dads. Just tell me a little bit about that relationship. And then also the, the relationship with your brother really was interesting to me as well, just the influence that he had on you in a positive way of, of uh, showing you to to just keep, hey, go for the next. You did this, don't settle here, go to the next level, go to the next level.
0: Uh, my brother was the king of our neighborhood. He was the most successful guy in the neighborhood, and, and he was a great basketball player. But let me get to my dad first. My yeah. dad was a hard worker. He was a longshoreman, which is a great job, great benefits, but don't have five kids, you know. It's, right. uh, it's too many kids to have, but I'm glad I have all my brothers and sisters. Um, he was a football nut. He played for the Brooklyn Mariners. Um, he went to the Navy, so that, that was the end of football. Came home, met my mom, had all the kids and all that. was a longshoreman, worked very hard, very hard worker, a lot of times 80 to 100 hours a week, you know, and then he had to come home and deal with me getting thrown out of the classroom. <laughs> I went flying through the, the pane glass window of the front door. and had a Macklin How Mary one time, you know, so he always had to deal with me. So was he a grouch? Yeah. But you know, he had a deal with me. And um, when I told him at 12 years old, I didn't want to play football anymore. That's when our relationship really went downhill. You know, if I wanted 17 helmets and 15, you know, shoulder pads, he would get it for me. I wanted a pair of sneakers. Of course they're all worn out and he'd tell me go get a job. I averaged, you know, 27 points a game in my senior year in high school. He did not come to one of them, not one game. Um, So it was just the anger building, building, building. And then as I got older, I was a failure. And, you know, he let me know it. And it just, it just spiraling, spiraling until it was, it was nasty between me and him. You know, I wasn't working. Or if I did get a job, it'd last a little while. And he he believed in, you know, work hard, Take, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Take care of yourself. I couldn't even take care of myself. Yeah. Um, so it just spiraled out. Where well, one day um, he just came up. I was living upstairs where my grandmother used to live. And he just said, get out. Yeah. Get the F out. Yeah. And um, then they wound up moving down to beautiful breezy point where I am now. And I would ride my bicycle. It's like seven or eight miles. I'd ride down here. I'd play basketball all day, have a couple of beers, come in to see my mom. Look to get to something to eat, but he would say, You ain't staying here tonight. I had to drive all the way back home. Mm. Um, unfortunately, he passed away and didn't get to see what I do. If he was alive today, like in the movie, he's alive and we become best friends. And I believe that's exactly what would have happened because I made something of myself. I did something with myself. Um, I know he'd be calling me every day, you know, send me pictures, send me videos where you are. When you're bringing Morgan to me, I know mm. it. I know it. So, well Hi, he's
1: looking he's looking down. yeah he's looking he is and and, and that that's so let, let's talk about that for a minute you you, you know you had all these opportunities you you get in your own way right or or something would get in the way and I know you would say that was you getting in the way and 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 some things to your past haunting you as far as feeling like you're a loser or being called a loser or that you weren't going to get to where you want to go and that stuff settles right sometimes we use it to prove and no no I'm going to get past it other times it just it owns us. And that and and there's not always a timeline. Some people never escape it and it consumes them and they and they and they, they they're done. You yeah, hit when, rock bottom. You hit rock bottom at, was it 37 years old? Uh, I, I became a wizard at 37. It was the
0: it was the um, New Year's Eve uh before that. So ninety-six going into ninety-seven when 36 I 36 years old. You hit rock bottom.
1: Yeah. yeah. And talk to me about that point and then the opportunity that came up and then i want to talk about the transition and then spend a few minutes talking about this movie too but talk to me about getting to that rock bottom moment and then and then what happened next
0: so you know like i said i wanted to be the king of the park and i did that but now i'm in my mid-30s my mom's helping me pay the rent at at one point my brothers and sisters got together and said mom you can't help them pay the rent you gotta let them go um and I, there was just no light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, I remember thinking like, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I have no skills. How am I going to get a job? How am I going to do this? When I did work, you know, I was a painter for a while. Then when I worked, I made money. When I didn't work, I didn't make any money. I didn't have a bank account. I didn't have a credit card. I didn't have a license. I remember an old girlfriend told me like, you're a non-person. You don't even exist. Wow. Um, so that, you know, it spiraled down for a long time. And then that one, New Year's Eve where I went to my friend's bar where he was bartending and I knew all I had to do was put $10 down and I could drink whatever I want. So, you know, I'm there for a few hours and midnight comes around and everybody's happy and hugging and kissing and cheering and my friend's busy, uh, taking care of all all his customers and all that. And I just, it just hit me, man. I'm like, I'm out of here. So I, I cried all the way to the train station. I cried on the train. I tried to hide so nobody would see me. I got off the train. I, I, I i cried two blocks to my apartment and that's when i called my sister and said you know what i want out man i hate this shit. i want out and she said what are you talking about you got to call father fonti father fonti was a guy in our neighborhood he married my sister and i went to school with his brother jimmy so she gave me a number and i called father fonti and i think you saw this on netflix where i called him and left a message call me ASAP. It's Jackie Ryan, and he never called. Thinking, <laughs> that's, that's not <laughs> that's a great. S-
1: that's, that's not a great sign, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Give me a sign, and no callback. Yeah.
0: Right. So, yeah. that was you know January first. So five months later, I'm at a pro am tournament, spinning the basketball on my thumb, and the guy that brought me down there, Gary, he said, "Jesus, Jackie, how do you do that?" And I said, "Oh, that's nothing. Watch this." He goes, "I can get you a tryout with the Harlem Wizards," and I went, "I'm white." And he goes, "No, the way you handle the ball and play basketball, I get your tryout." So one thing led to another, and I you know I became a Harlem Wizard. I, I was invited to one event. The second event was out right outside Grand Central at Models, and the owner. Todd Davis was there. And he saw what I did, and he said yes. So what if Gary didn't see me spin the basketball on my finger? What if, you know, I didn't get the tryout? What if Todd Davis said no? It, it
1: wouldn't be pretty. Who knows where I would be, but it's incredible, you know i I feel emotional' think about it because I, I think of that little boy who and in the, the video watched that when you would leave the 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 house early in the morning, like two in the morning, go practice, sneak yeah. out to the courts, show the route, and then sneak back in and how how innocent and awesome that was, and then all the time in life between that Jen Grisanti a lady that does a lot of film and, and production, I interviewed her one time she talks about our life story and how you really can't have a hero without having a dip in the story and so if you had had just everything happen and laid out perfectly for you, I think you said at one point it would have only lasted a few years anyway, or yeah. it would have ended if you'd just done the NBA route, the greatest player to never play in the NBA. But because you've had these dips and these experiences, highs and lows, what you're doing now means so much to you and to others, and it shows. And and I love what you're doing with the kids now. And, and so just, I mean, talk to me for a minute. A couple of things that are, I love. One about how you're entertaining the kids in a big way. And if you can spin that ball for me, you have it. And just so my son, Eli, shout out to him. He can see that at all. He thought, I thought I was cool spinning it for three seconds. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this. It's incredible. And, and how many balls can you spin like that at a time? 10. I never tried 11. Don't need to. 10. That's incredible. it. You've got the record. You win. So entertaining kids that way, and you do so many cool things. So I want to encourage everyone. Just go, go watch him on on the Netflix show, and go to, to see his story on YouTube. And we'll talk about the movie in a second. But talk to me about what it means to work with the kids, and the, and the, what you see happen to them, and then also about your daughter, because I've been to, I saw where you and your daughter worked together too, and that that was a really beautiful moment to see.
0: So it started me loving playing basketball at about eight or nine years old and spinning basketballs. I was home one Saturday morning watching the Globetrotter cartoon and I saw Curly Neal spin the ball and all the kids went, and I said, oh man, I got to learn how to do that. Maybe kids will clap for me one day. Um, It took forever, but I got it. Um, I was always the type, even when I was a kid, I'd like to show off and make kids laugh and smile. That was my get high, you know? And so I just... It took forever. I got it. And then went from one basketball to two to three and no, actually went from one basketball to two and then that was it. And then I didn't really get really good at it till I became a Harlem wizard and uh, just went back into the gyms and the parks. And I mean, all day, all night long, just took his best trick, put it in my repertoire, his best trick, put it in my repertoire. And uh, you know, within one year, one of the guys on the team said, you know, you can make a lot of money doing halftime shows um, so I put a tape together, you know, with some of the wizard stuff and I sent it out and my first halftime show was the Mecca, Madison Square Garden. My whole family was there. Wow. They were happy. But getting back to the kids, like I do halftime shows and I, I do corporate stuff now and, you know, the birthday parties and bar mitzvahs, but the thing I love to do best most is doing the school assemblies because you have two, three, four 500 i did a show with 1100 kids wow. in a gym and just me and just to hear the the laughter of children see them smile and inspire them i mean nobody's got a better job than me it's the kids are my fuel they always were, you know and i, I prepared for this my whole life class clown got thrown out of every classroom <laughs> good basketball player and spinning basketball since i'm eight so i prepared for it and it's uh, your calling
1: it's you, it, it, Bring it, yeah that's and that and shows in one
0: year in one year I had a we have a game and all the guys are warming up they're stretching I'm in the stands with the kids that are coming in and I'm taking their little fingers and I'm tickling them and I'm just being silly with them and all that and a nun came up to me and she grabbed me and went, went oh no I'm in trouble again she said you're doing you're doing God's work you're making the children happy wow. so I went back and I called my mom at the uh, when we got back to the hotel I said mom guess what I'm doing God's work. I'm making the children happy. That's what some nun told me. And she was very happy. And then in her eulogy, when she passed away, my sister said one sentence that she would have said to each and every one of us. There was five of us. And when it came to me, she said, Jackie, keep doing God's work. Make the children happy. And that's what I get to do.
1: Uh, I like I get it.
0: I get it now. I was just doing it because it's fun and that's what I do. But now I, I get it.
1: There's, there's purpose what you're doing. I, again, I love your story, perseverance, redemption, uh, purpose. Uh, it's, it's inspirational. And again, I love that, you know, not everybody finds and, and comes to peace and resolution with what they're doing and who they are, like uh, uncomfortable in their own skin, you just feel out of place, keep getting uprooted, keep getting upended. And, and your story shows you can be, not that 37 is old, I'm in my 40s, but that you can, you, you don't have to figure it out at 18. And it's, it's a lifelong process. And so you're yep. figuring it out at a later time. But again, over 20 years now with the Wizards, let's talk about in the, next few, in the last few minutes we have, let's talk about the movie. The, 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 your movie coming up, Blackjack, the Jackie Ryan story. All-star cast in there. I saw pictures of you and Michael Rappaport. He, does he play the coach? Yeah, Coach Bill Fitch. Perfect. How cool is that? I saw you guys hanging out. That was, tell me, so tell me how that came to be and how it feels to have the story told. You've had the story told, but this is being done at a whole new level now
0: it's a long it's a a long time coming uh december 2003 ira burkow um did a life story on me in new york times i was on the front page of the sports section that day was crazy with all the well wishes and work you know come do this and come do that um one of them was one of the calls was from a documentary filmmaker in la la saying great story would you be interested in doing a documentary sure so they did the documentary which is on youtube and they shopped it around Fox and Paramount fought fought for it, Fox won. They attached Justin Timberlake to it. Oh, so wow. we wait four or five years. And then Justin said, my wife's pregnant. Uh, I want to wait a year till after the baby's done. And we're like, no way. It's, it's too much. You know, we can't wait any longer. So then it went from a $10 million project to a $1 million project. And... um you know, it, we attached uh, all these other guys to it. So for a $1 million project, we got a pretty good cast wow. to do it. So when people say, oh, you must be so excited. You must be so excited. Yeah. But I've been waiting for this for over 10 years. Wow. So yeah. I'm very happy that it's, uh, it's being done. The guy that plays me is awesome. We're like friends for life. Wow. He's a handsome devil like I used to be. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got to thank Danny A, Danny A. You know, did the film, believed in it. Danny Ape was a Brooklyn basketball player as well. Wow. Averaged twenty-six points a game at FDR. And and what he loves most to do is basketball and make films. So this was wow. this was perfect for him. And Very you know, Antonio cool. Macia wrote it and he was great. And you know, I spent some time with him, you know, doing it. And so here we are, you know, drive in premiere. October hey. no November it comes out in uh, select theaters. And on demand, October thirtieth. Our driving premiere is going to be November first
1: okay. in LA. Okay. Well, I'm so I'm super excited for you. Why do you think? Why do you think that people resonate with this story? Why Why are so many people excited to get behind it? In so many different
0: ways. Everybody's screws up. Everybody has skeletons. Everybody has the bad relationship with the parent. Everybody doesn't listen. And not everybody, but some people they don't listen. They, you know, how many people. You know, don't concentrate on getting good grades. You know, oh, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm an athlete. Yeah. I'll, I'll be all right. right. You know, it, just in so many different ways. And, um, you know, then then I had my daughter. Yeah. So I I thought for sure, being the way I was and screwing up, that it was definitely going to be a boy and he was going to do everything right and make it to the NBA. (laughs) As long as Pete Fessy was still alive and saying, my boy needs another tryout. (laughs) Pete's 110. Um, So, you know, I'm in there in the room. My ex at the time, she had a fever, so they had to do a C-section. They told me to stay in the corner. By the time there's, I'm like right at the edge of the bed, right? And uh, they go in there. I mean, they went all the way in there pull it out. I'm like waiting for the little weenie. you like, where's the weenie? <laughs> and uh, they just like, eh, it's a girl. I'm like, cool. <laughs> they cleaned her up. They put her, they put her in my, <laughs> they put her in my arms. I just went, wow. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Just, I haven't had that feeling again. That is same exact feeling. I only had one kid.
1: I've um, got an 11-year-old daughter who I love so much. It's such a special oh, relationship. And when I saw you two working together, I thought, man, that would be so fun. That would be so special to be able to do that.
0: We, we have a special bond and um, through the game of basketball. Like, yeah. I got my basketball player. Wasn't a boy, yeah. but it's a girl, a beautiful girl. I got my basketball player. And, you know, we performed so everywhere with, with the, the New York Knicks 76 uh, wow. Notre Dame was a great place to do halftime shows. U Penn St. John's on news stations together. you know how, how many how many fathers uh, how many parents can say they get to do that with their child mm. you know so and it reminds us who we performed for. Uh, Kobe Bryant we did an opening wow. of one of his new shoes at Nike Town. So we performed for the crowd. He, he was in the back. He didn't even know we performed. But we were wearing his USA uh, jersey. Awesome. And he came out. And he saw Morgan meet her and, and he came right over. It's like, hey, Tickles, what's your name? And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with Kobe. All people are talking you know, crap about it. No, I love Kobe. And then they me, oh, he has a daughter your age. So He got, uh, he
1: got that dad-daughter relationship. He understood.
0: Yeah. yeah. Girl dad. Girl yeah. dad. I'm a girl yeah.
1: dad. It's incredible. Yeah. So Jackie, any any other final things you want to share? Any other final thoughts?
0: Uh yeah, well, you know, the movie's coming out. I'm hoping to you know, be able to inspire people, kids and adults. I've got mm-hmm. the story, you know, my last my last thing in my TED Talk is find your passion. It's never mm-hmm. too late and you're never too old. That's me. I would love to get good exposure from this movie where I can get calls and and go go perform and talk. to kids and adults and hopefully help somebody. You know, it's funny. You know, we were nominated for two Emmys for um, the Netflix thing. Mm. We didn't win, but I coached Dr. Ryan, three people that got in touch with me after my Netflix that were having suicidal thoughts. Wow! And I went back and forth. Mm. There was one lady in Finland and there was one lady in Princeton, New Jersey. And then there was another guy in, in, in San Francisco, I believe. And I just kept talking to them, and my thing was like, "Look at what you know." They saw my story and all that. I was like, "Look, look at all I would have missed. Look what I do with my daughter. Look, look how I changed my life. If I would have succeeded in the thoughts I had, New Year's Eve '96 going into '97, look at all I would have missed." Wow. And I get them getting back to me. You know, I'm going to be okay now. Thank you so much. And every once in a while, they'll, "I'm okay. How are you?" And all that. So. We didn't win, you know, a couple of Emmys, but we possibly saved a couple of lives, which is bigger.
1: That's a big deal. And, you know, with, with the tough time a lot of people in, in, in the world are having right now with, with, the, with the pandemic and, and just, you know, displaced and disheartened. And the, your, your story is, is a great one to remember is things don't always happen overnight. Things take time. We don't always see the reward of our labor, or our passion. Um, and things could look completely different tomorrow, but it might take 5-10 years, but it's so worth it on the other side. And the legacy and opportunity that you have to really do something amazing is in front of you. And Jackie, I feel the same way about you. I think you've done some amazing things and and I believe the best is yet to come for you. And there's going to, your story is, is still being written and it's going to, if it could even possibly get more exciting... Uh, which I don't know if I can, but it's going to continue to be really amazing. You're going to impact a lot of lives. So I appreciate you coming on today and being generous with your time. I know you're touring right now and you've got shows and, and media things. And so thanks for carving out time for us for a few minutes today. And we really oh, appreciate it.
0: absolutely. Thank you so much. And if you don't mind me saying so, does there's anybody out there that wants to follow my basketball journey, my, uh, my Instagram is blackjackryan21. I just have all my basketball stuff about the movie. Everything goes
1: up on there. Awesome. We'll promote that as well. Jackie, thanks again. And I can't wait to see this movie. I'm excited. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Business Leadership Series, where we engage with leaders who are making an impact on their worlds and
0: who want to share their knowledge and experience for your personal and professional growth. This interview was designed to inspire you to become the best leader you can be.